Building emotional intelligence isn't as hard as you think. You're listening to Psychology in 10 Minutes. I'm David B. Feldman. Dozens of times each week, we ask friends, family, and even strangers, how are you? Given this fact alone, you'd think our society was very interested in how people feel. But all of us know this question generally doesn't get an honest answer. Instead, most people reply with good, fine, or at least okay. If we're really honest with ourselves, most of us would be a bit uncomfortable if we got a more genuine answer. For many of us, it feels risky to get in touch with our feelings, let alone to express them to others. I was recently speaking with a close friend who was genuinely hurt by something his father posted in a family chat room. He'd been ruminating about it for days. And yet, when I suggested he bring it up with his dad, his answer was straightforward. No, he told me, we don't talk about feelings in our family. Psychologist Mark Brackett, founder of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, argues that this tendency to avoid feelings, though completely understandable, can be a real disadvantage. In one experiment, Brackett and his colleagues divided middle school teachers into two groups. One group was placed in a good mood by recalling positive classroom experiences, while the other group was placed in a bad mood by recalling negative classroom experiences. Then, they all were asked to grade the same essay. The teachers who were in the worst mood scored the essay a full letter grade lower than those in a better mood. But here's the real kicker. Most of the teachers said they thought their mood had no influence on their grading, even though it clearly had. Whether we like it or not, our feelings affect our thinking and our behavior. Being out of touch with these feelings just means we're at the mercy of them, so it behooves us to get to know them better. Our ability to understand and regulate our feelings is what psychologists often call emotional intelligence. Luckily, emotional intelligence isn't a fixed commodity, but rather something we can build by learning what Brackett calls emotion skills. In fact, he's developed a system organized around the acronym RULER, which has been used in nearly 2,000 schools across the world to teach such skills to children and teenagers. But it can be equally applicable for helping all of us develop greater wisdom about our feelings and use them to our advantage. Here are the five skills you can start practicing now. R. Recognize. The first step towards productively managing any feeling is to recognize that we're having it. Although this may sound easy, it's equally easy to ignore our feelings. Have you ever said, I don't care, about a situation when you really did? Have you ever gotten a head or a neck ache, only to later realize you were actually feeling emotionally stressed? To better recognize our feelings, Brackett suggests using a technique known as the mood meter. At its heart, this technique involves asking yourself two simple questions. First, how much energy does this emotion have? And second, how pleasant is the emotion? Emotions can be high, low, or about neutral in both energy and pleasantness. Emotions high in both energy and pleasantness include joy, excitement, and optimism, while emotions low in both include sadness 
and depression. Anxiety, anger, and frustration are examples of feelings high in energy, but low in pleasantness, whereas calmness and contentedness are examples of feelings low in energy, but high in pleasantness. By at least identifying in which of these categories our feelings fall, we lay a foundation for wisely dealing with them. You understand. The next emotion skill in the RULER acronym stands for understanding our feelings. In short, this involves asking the question, why am I feeling this way? Because this is a wide-open question, it's notoriously difficult to answer. In his book, Permission to Feel, Brackett suggests some more specific questions that might help us figure out the reasons behind our feelings. Here are a few of them. What just happened? What was I doing just before it happened? What happened this morning or last night that might have been involved in this emotion? What happened before with maybe this person that might be connected with this emotion? What memories do I have about this situation or place that might be connected with the emotion? Understanding the causes of our feelings can help provide clues about how to address them. If I'm feeling anxious because my new boss reminds me of a person from my past who was cruel to me, I'll want to deal with this situation very differently than if my boss just made a bad decision that actually affects my work. Of course, it could be both. So it can take serious time and introspection to really sort out what we're experiencing and why. Be patient and keep at it. L. Label. It's not enough simply to recognize and understand an emotion. We also can benefit from finding the right word to describe it. Many of us have a relatively limited emotion vocabulary. Some of us stick with two words, bad and good. Others of us might have three or four words, happy, sad, mad, and scared. Still others may not use emotion words at all, but instead prefer figures of speech like on top of the world or I'm burning up. But in actuality, there are thousands of words in English to describe emotions. We certainly don't have to memorize all of them, but Brackett suggests that more accurate labels are usually better for us. In his words, Quote, we know from neuroscience and brain imaging research that there is real, tangible truth to the proposition that, if you can name it, you can tame it. Unquote. For a start, knowing precisely what feelings we're experiencing can give us clues about how to manage them. Although you may recognize that you're experiencing a negative, high-energy emotion, both stressed and overwhelmed might fit that general description. But which of these labels most accurately describes our feelings really matters, because they mean different things. Stress generally means we feel that what we're trying to do or handle exceeds our capabilities, whereas overwhelmed means that there's just too much of it, regardless of our capabilities. If we're feeling overwhelmed, the best approach may be to reduce our workload the best we can, whereas if we're feeling stressed, the best approach may be to upgrade our capabilities by learning new skills or reorganizing the way we do things. E. Express. If the R, U, and L of the acronym RULER are about getting in touch with our emotions, then the E and R are about what we do with them. 
there are lots of reasons we hesitate to express our feelings. Especially when emotions fall on the negative end of the spectrum, we may be afraid they're inappropriate, will embarrass us, or will somehow injure the person we're expressing them to. According to Brackett, however, quote, Hurt feelings don't vanish on their own. They don't heal themselves. If we don't express our emotions, they pile up like a debt that will eventually come due. Unquote. So it's important to express them in some way. But this doesn't mean we should let our emotions run wild, saying everything that's on our minds to anyone we wish. According to Brackett, the skill of expressing our feelings, quote, means knowing how and when to display our emotions, depending on the setting, the people we're with, and the larger context. Unquote. If we're feeling hurt by something our boss said, it's in our best interest to express this differently than if a close friend said something similar to us. Depending on the level of trust, we may choose to make ourselves more vulnerable to our friend than our boss, expressing our feelings in greater depth or detail. If there's a good chance we could lose our job, we may even choose not to express our hurt to our boss at all, instead confiding in and seeking support from someone else. R. Regulate. The final emotion skill involves determining how to cope with our feelings. Whether or not we choose to express them, feelings impact us. Regulating our emotions involves dealing with them in a way that allows us to best meet our personal and professional goals, or at least to prevent our feelings from interfering with them. This certainly doesn't mean ignoring our emotions. As already discussed, this just doesn't work well. Instead, it involves learning to accept and deal with them wisely. Techniques for helping us cope with our feelings run the gamut, and we should strive to use ones that work best for us. Relaxation videos abound on YouTube and can help us soothe strong emotions. Meditation phone apps can be used to facilitate mindfulness, which may help us accept our feelings. Physical exercise can help us to work out our feelings and feel more grounded in our bodies. But emotion regulation can also be much simpler. According to Brackett, quote, You can't stand your neighbor? Avoid her. Your parents are coming to visit and you don't want them to see some of your more autre artwork? Hide it until they leave. You're tired? Splash some water on your face. Unquote. The important thing is to acknowledge your feelings, not avoid them, and then take productive steps towards dealing with them. Learning to be more emotionally skilled by using the ruler approach isn't a panacea, of course. It won't eliminate all of our negative feelings or bring about a constant state of bliss. Such goals are probably impossible. But part of emotional intelligence is realizing that our feelings are not our enemies. In fact, if we approach them wisely, they can become some of our best friends. Let's all get to know these friends just a little better. And that was Psychology in 10 Minutes. Did you enjoy this episode? Do you have one and a half minutes to spare? If the answer to both of those questions was yes, then take those valuable one and a half minutes and write us a review on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. These reviews really help people to find our podcast. Thanks so much, and thanks for listening.